I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Got to do a little better in the red zone. Uh, That's a place we're normally pretty good, but we were were off just a a tick uh, tonight, and we'll We'll go back to the drawing board on that and make sure we take care of that. It was good to get Allegretti in there and playing. I thought he did a nice job, as did the offensive line. Um, Pat had a, another big night um, and uh, with 300-plus yards, you know, and we kind of take those for granted, but uh, not easy to do. Defensively, I thought we just played a heck of a football game, um, whether it was Bolton or um, Cook stepping in and doing a nice job. 38 comes back in, has a huge pick for us um, to kind of start, the, to kind of end things for us. Uh, um, anyways, I, I, the defensive front, I thought, played well, strong uh, against the run and the pass. Anyways, with that, uh, time's yours. I'm not sure if that really qualified as a weird game or just sort of weird vibes around one, but just as, of course... As we were getting ready to record this wonderful edition of Times Ours right here on The Athletic, the Chiefs reaffirmed that they can't even just not have a weird day. Because Monday comes and almost goes, we get our Andy Reid press conference, we're looking back at the Rams, we're having a good time. And then the Chiefs, yeah, no, you know what, why wouldn't they sign Melvin Gordon, I guess. That's where we're going to end up taking this wonderful little trip around uh, the the time czar's son, if you will, because I think we just revolve around the Kansas City Chiefs. And right now they revolve around a weird game against the Rams, a new running back on the practice squad, and plenty of things to talk about per usual. We'll do that all together here. Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, and Seth Kaiser, we're all together with you here. And frankly, guys, I'm I'm thankful for that. All right. Um... They did sign Melvin Gordon, so uh, I guess that adds a, an additional storyline when this team plays the wretched Denver Broncos uh, <laughs> later this this regular season. Um, I, I have an analogy, fellas, and it took me just about most of this afternoon to like be like, ah, that's the one, you know. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna just um, put it on you guys and see see how it how it goes. Look, we've all we've all been there, right? This is not a this is not a sport you can binge watch, right? You can't go like CBS, Amazon, NBC, Fox. They're not gonna be like, all right, if if you don't push a button, we just go right to the next game, guys. This is how Red Zone broke my brain, is because they <laughs> did decide. How they to literally do it. Oh <laughs> God, can you imagine if they did do that? Where they're like. All right, we go from week 12 to week 13 if you don't press this clicker in the next 10 seconds. Um, It's a week-to-week league, which is one of the cliches that I hate, but is actually true. Red Zone Zone is something that I've dabbled in, but I can't really (laughs) do. Like, I'm sure if I did it multiple weeks... 
Seth, just keep just keep sniffing on me. It, <laughs> That's what it is, man. I it'll mean, get there. It'll get you there. Just, uh, just like the a real equivalent. <laughs> if you can't be hungover, if you never stop drinking, like that's the red. Sure, <laughs> sure. That's fair. You never come down if you never start but, shooting up that you sweet, never... sweet crystal meth. Yeah, but I, I, I just sometimes Monday Night Football is Colt Steelers, and it really does get you cleaned up cold turkey. All of a sudden, you swear <laughs> off the stuff well, for good for six that's days. That's when they laced it with. Hey, 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 Kenny um, Picky, do something crazy out there. Yeah, just do something weird. I, I just man, Red Zone, it assaults my senses, and it also makes my um, my mentions on Twitter makes so much more sense to me when people are saying this, that, and the other thing about like, it's like, ah, I never see Chris Jones flash. It's like, well, that's because you're usually watching red zone and you see flashes of these defensive players and you think that's what's going on all game. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be a dink, but if you're only watching play teams on red zone and then you watch your team, you are going to come away thinking, man, my team rarely makes big plays. <laughs> you know? It's like, they're like never in the end. They're never in the red zone. It's like, well, there, there's a reason it's called that. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I, oh, it's just so much. I, Seth, there's there's 80 more yards. What you talking about? <laughs> yeah, like how did they get there? That matters. That's another reason why. <laughs> it's another reason why people underestimate great quarterbacks because the how you get there matters. And seeing it consistently, snap after snap after snap, people only see other players' highlights. Yeah. I don't know. It's just an interesting experience. But the thing that really did it for me. And I have a lot of kids. I mean, I'm used to some form of chaos. But when I was, it was like a noon slate. And there were like, they they split it into like four screens at once. Yes. Because like all, like every game, they were, maybe it was five. It couldn't have been five. Ugh. So but sometimes Seth, they go, Seth. sometimes they go, Octobox. Seth, there's oh. a thing called the Octobox. And if you want to, if you're confused, think about how many sides an octagon has, how many, how many tentacles an octopus has, and how good football can be. Oh, that just, it stressed how, me how, out. How else am I going to see what Jacoby Brissett's doing if he ain't in the Octobox? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's a lot. And Melvin Gordon, I'm, I'm intrigued. So I'm intrigued. Of, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, totally fine. I'm. I'm sure we'll. We'll. I'm interested to see like what they think he can do initially, uh, which we'll probably talk about that more. Uh, maybe ne- maybe later this week. Maybe um, obviously when they. <laughs> the assumption is that Denver circled. <laughs> For Melvin Gordon, <laughs> you think you can get this stuff down before check schedule? Yeah, a couple weeks. You think you think you got this? Um, by the way, um, is he really calling the Seattle checks? He's still doing that. <laughs> like, is he really? He didn't really change up in terminology. Checks is, is he's still running all the same stuff that he was running in Seattle. <laughs> We have questions. And 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 look, you know, the more you can do, Melvin, the more you can do, baby. Um It's a really sad, it's a sad uh snapshot of the Broncos that it didn't cross my mind for one nanosecond that maybe they would pick his brain about what the, the Broncos offense is doing. Because I know what the Broncos offense is doing. I just turn on the TV, I get sick, and then I turn I change the channel. <laughs> you turn it right off. Uh, I wonder <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's some kind of incentive uh, system in his contract that is like, you know, 
for every good Russ Wilson story, that's like an extra 10K or just something like that. Like, so, hey, why, why, why are people yelling at him? Is he really acting like this on the sideline? Like, is he really like, 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 like what would really happen with the pass and run guys? Commit? Oh, that was, that was like watching the first season of The Office. Yeah, that was hey man, like what, what? Wasn't that you during the Colts game? Just, just, uh, just looking, just, just wondering how, what, what we doing? What we doing, man? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what we doing? He really was wondering. Like you could see it. Just like what in the world <laughs> are we doing? <laughs> um. So, look. Um, how many minutes we in for, Josh? How many? Seven? Like the show, as of right now, yeah, we got yeah. seven, seven, seven and a half minutes in, yeah. All right, fine, I'll break the seal. Look, man, I don't know what you want me to say about the Rams, okay? Uh, other than, look, <laughs> we cannot binge watch this season. Yeah. But you know what it is. You know what it's like. We, we all enjoy seasons. I don't know, we, you know, even, even shows like The Office. Every show can't be memorable, dog. Every episode yeah. cannot be memorable. And look, you know, this is the part where, like, you know, I don't know. You watch The Wire, or you watch, you know, even 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 the kids, right? Even Stranger Things, like those first, like that's a Stranger Things, like episode three out of nine, where you're just like, I mean, I know I got to get through it, and I know they're building towards some stuff, but like, why? I didn't really miss any plot points in this one. You know, I could have just skipped this episode, and and there weren't any new characters introduced. Mm-hmm. Other than Bryce Perkins, I guess, but I don't think he's going to play a huge role in the remainder of the chief season. Yeah, I mean that's just that's what it was. I was like, hey, they not cooking meth this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Some sometimes you got to uh, you got to save a little bit of money. You you got a bottle episode. It's a bottle yep. episode. It was a bottle yep. episode. You spent yep. a lot of money on a lot of really cool scenery and just some amazing <laughs> shots. And today, guys, we are not leaving this room. And we're shooting an entire show in this room. And we're having no guest actors. We're not bringing anyone in. It's, it's the director, the sound guy, and two cameramen. Make some magic happen. Let's it's a bottle episode. Go. Yeah, let's go. Like, let's figure out how we can make this somewhat compelling. Like, it, to your point, Josh, like, it wasn't really weird. It was just bland as hell. Like, <laughs> I don't, look, man, I don't know. By the way, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I, I was afraid this was about to be a slanderous Thanksgiving segue, and I'm look, honestly, look, I think man, it's going to be fair. Look, look, look. If, it, if it don't have flavor, why, why am I here? Like why? So um, I'm not eating this because I need the calories. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just, um, it is. It is obviously it's a little stunning uh, that you know there were some people, there were some fans that I talked to after the game, which were like, "Hey, I was really interested in watching Matthew Stafford against Patrick Mahomes." I, I like. You know, this was in the ticket allotment. This is the one I wanted to choose. Because, uh, hey, you, not every day you get to see the defending champs. Yeah. Uh, Sunday was one of those days where you didn't get to see the defending <laughs> champs. <laughs> I mean, you saw Aaron Donald. I mean, let me let me get the flip card out. Who, by All the right. way, now it sounds like has a high ankle sprain as the Rams just can't buy health for anyone. 
right, look, look, man. Greg Gaines is a pretty good player, all right? Aaron Donald, we all know about him. Leonard Floyd, Ernest Jones, Bobby Wagner. They got, they got real linebackers, although they, you know, they might, they might be, you know, veteran status. <sighs> look, man, I don't want to talk about Jalen Ramsey. I, I really don't. You know, he was out there. Um, <laughs> he was out there. He was out there. I mean, you know. Trying to cover Travis Kelsey. Or just anybody, generally. Um, <laughs> you know, so I guess it's a hard, it was a hard game to like, I don't know. You tell me, Josh, was it hard to talk or to find like, I guess you don't want to be too critical because yep. they won the game by 16 points and they never trailed. And it wasn't totally weird in normal fashions, but it's also like you're not marveling at anything either. Uh, so it's just like it's just a it's just an odd day. Uh, by the way, Arrowhead was not full yesterday. Really? Yeah, it wasn't. At no point was that stadium at, at capacity, and that may say something about you know Thanksgiving. The weekend, um, obviously, it says something about the opponent because there is there are no ties to the to the Rams because they're not even in St. Louis anymore. Um, and yeah, they're obviously they were a what, 15 and a half point point mm-hmm. dog. So, ah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's the first time we're like, there's no buzz in the stadium pregame, you know. It felt a little bland on TV. Like the the crowd had some of its energy, and a few times it wanted to explode. But those were on some red zone snaps where things just weren't quite. You know, they didn't just quite play out. Normally, when Mahomes breaks pocket in the red zone, you're like six. This is it. Like, and it didn't quite work out that way. So you could feel that lack of energy. Right. I'm, what's, I just what's it, what, there's what's no that urgency. Girl? Yeah, it's not a criticism of the fans. It's really not. I'm just stating the obvious. Like I'm just like it wasn't full, and it didn't have the same buzz it has had, you know, for a lot of the games earlier this season. Uh, this was not Chiefs Charges Week Two. <laughs> it was not that. Um, hell, it wasn't even Chiefs Raiders. And you know, I think everybody probably entered the building thinking the Chiefs would win. But like, hey, at least there's you know a connection between the two franchises because they've obviously competed for, you know, generations. Um I mean Josh, how we how we live it? How soon can I get to talking like I do I should I tell everybody how I what I told y'all on the text earlier today? <laughs> that's up to that's up to you and the athletic.com. <laughs> Which, by the way, has a great deal going on right now for uh, yes. Cyber Monday and everything. As is the Chief of the North Newsletter. You can uh, get deals at both of those. Theathletic.com slash timesars, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. There you go. Free plugs. Nice. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's, my, here's my analogy that I, I unveiled on, on 810 this morning. We, as a society, watching the Kansas City Chiefs, we have been eating at a four-star top-of-the-line restaurant every single NFL Sunday for
for the better part of what now? Four NFL seasons? We've been uh, getting five. You're on, you're on five with five uh, with with eighteen. Yeah, with the eighteen season. Yeah, we're we're in we're in year five of the best food that money could possibly buy. And you've got some of like the crazy cuts of steak. You've got uh, some really artful flavor combinations that you never could have even imagined before. I mean, it is like Ratatouille, except for instead of a rat at the helm, it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And Sunday against the Rams, it was like pretty good. I mean, it was all good. We've, we've really grown to, to have a finer taste for things. But, you know, it was a nice meal, and the dessert was kind of bland. Because the last thing you remember is the last few drives that you saw. And the Chiefs did, did not leave you with the best taste in your mouth with the red zone and the, uh, the back half of the game and all of that. It was still a lot better food than you're going to get pretty much anywhere else. And we spent the better part of 50 years eating like not just at McDonald's occasionally you got to McDonald's as Chiefs fans but for the better part of it you were like eating out of the 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 dumpster behind the McDonald's like if you just found an entire french fry that no one had taken a bite of it was that was that was a joy of all joys that was Damon Heward having a nice game and we have grown to appreciate the finer things in our culinary life and so whenever the Chiefs just simply put out like a well-cooked steak some uh, some potatoes and a bowl of vanilla ice cream for dessert. You go, yeah, that was that was fine. But oh man, I bet they're gonna have something special for us next week. And that's how you end up talking about the Bengals. Fifteen minutes into the episode, where we're supposed to talk about the game that just happened yesterday. That's that's my uh, food based theory, and I'm not even hungry right now. I I think you're right, and I, I I there's an easy food to compare this to. The Kansas City Chiefs, generally speaking occasionally i don't know what you'd call like the game against the colts but they're pizza to- tofu tofu that's what that was yeah yeah no yeah that was like you were supposed to get pizza and someone <laughs> brought you tofu you're like i, I guess i'll eat it um, the colts the colts game was when the original papa john was on tv apologizing for all of his racism and sweating grease because he was eating a full pizza every day the Colts game was we got one of those just like cold, half-eaten Papa John pizzas just I sort just of shoved into our mouth. I just want to strenuously object <laughs> to shaming someone for eating a full pizza a day. Everything else I'm with you on. <laughs> so I, here's the thing, though. The Chiefs, watching the Kansas City Chiefs, it's like eating pizza. It's always going to be fine. It's always going to be good, probably, like relative to other foods, right? Because, you know, a lot of people, it's like, ah, you know, my favorite frozen pizza. You know, I don't really like frozen pizza that much. I prefer this, that, and the other thing, you know, pizza snobs. You know, someone, I only eat pizza from New York. I only eat brick fire pizza. Yeah, <laughs> man, I went, to, I went to law school with a guy from New York who, who very seriously and earnestly is like, I can't eat pizza from other places. It's like, I, I like it sweaty. I just, it's just, it's just, I, I my ma- my body just rejects it. And hey I was like, man, the rest of the world is caught up, okay? Yeah, yeah, like, it's like, look, chill, homie. Yeah, yeah, look, man, relax. I get sweaty? Yeah, no, it Go was to a just. a doctor, my guy. That's yeah, not no. normal. That's, it was the, just that's like, what Papa look, John man, was doing. I get it. Grease. You're from New York. You don't think there's anything west of the Hudson. We all get it. But just <laughs> no one else cares. There's 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 300 million of us in the rest of the country and none of us care. But that's unfair. Those of you who are from New York who are listening because I'm sure there's so many New York Chiefs fans. Maybe there are. Shout out to you if you're not that guy. And hey, um, I bet yeah, sure. I bet your pizza is great. 
But so yeah. is the pizza I got from the gas station for breakfast. A and that, that's, and yeah, you can't hate on like some Casey's pizza. That's what it was. I wasn't going to name drop it because I suddenly started getting self-conscious about all the different pizza chains that may or may not just exist in the world. But yeah, I got oh. that breakfast slice from Casey's. I mean, well, come on. Exactly. You, you, you can get good pizza all over the place. And even if someone's like, let's say you showed up at someone's house and they, you knew you were probably, or no, I'm not even say you're going over for supper. You don't even know. You're going over to someone's house to watch a game. And they're like, hey, I wasn't really sure what to do. So I just got a bunch of DiGiorno's and Tombstones and, and Red Barons. You'd be like, cool. Like, like a bunch? Yeah, a I'll bunch. eat that. Yeah. All right. All right. Look, look, sir. The comparison, and look, the rest of the world is caught up. It's okay. Um, it's because I just watched the documentary. <laughs> but look, man, that that piece of joint in San Diego—that's the twenty-eight. That's the two thousand eight. Um, Spain Summer Olympic basketball team, man. That that's Paul Gasol, Rudy Fernandez, Ricky Rubio, <laughs> Juan Carlos it's- Navarro. Hey, man, Felipe Reyes. Don't let him. Don't let him get to his left hand. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, has your Zoom also completely given up on registering Nate's higher tones? Because mine has completely it, it, given 100%. Up. It's okay. quit. It's tired. It actually, I'm sorry. Look, look. I'm sorry, act- y'all. I'm sorry. But hey, got- hey, hey. There's a Raul Lopez. Look him up. Look, Look him, him up. up. <laughs> Look him up. Okay. Mark Gasol was coming off the bench, all right? Look, man. Come on. So. Pizza, pizza, that pizza in Toronto, that's Marcus Hall. That's, and that's just it. You can get good pizza anywhere. Like, I mean, I went to Florida. I think we're just talking about pizza now. I think the analogy is. (laughs) So, okay. Anyway, Florida, not really known for its food. I had some great pizza there. Multiple, multiple places. Anyway, no matter what, it's going to be good. And that's the funny thing when you go back and if you go back and rewatch this game, yeah, there were there were some real problems with execution in the red zone. I might write about it. Everyone's like, "Why didn't Andy call the good plays?" I'm like, "Well, why did MVS drop the ball and Mahomes just throw it directly to a defender?" Like, that's and why, Andy, and why, why'd you call that play? Like, yeah, and, and based on the missed timing, why is Trey Smith in the end zone yep. <laughs> celebrating when he's like? Oh yeah, the play started at the four yard line. Yeah, these are these are things where, and and I get it because the the thing about blaming coaches you can is you can always be right because if it's an execution issue, well that's on coaching too, and it's like it depends on what the execution issue is. I'm pretty sure they tell Trey Smith, hey man, don't go too far beyond the line of scrimmage. You got you got like I think referees are getting comfortable now giving guys two yards, and some of yep. that is based on the RPO stuff. But like, look, man, you four yards downfield. I, yeah. I have, to, I have to call this. <laughs> yeah, and, th- and that you almost the ref was like reluctantly. He's like, oh. yes, I do, I did see that. The I referee's saw. like, that's a hell of a play. But also, <laughs> you in the end zone, yeah. son. Yeah, come on, man, and not just in. You're not like tiptoeing in there. You, he, if you'd have been eligible, he could have thrown to you, and it would have <laughs> been a touchdown. Like that's not allowed. So, but so all of that's true, and and that's me kind of just touching briefly on the red zone stuff. Maybe I'll write about it. Some stuff Andy could have done better, certainly. But you know, everyone got mad at him because he ran cutesy stuff and it didn't work. Don't write about the red zone stuff because um, there's still a top ten red zone 
offense and that's yesterday and that's it exactly they've been killing it in the red zone all year and all you need to do is look at back-to-back red zone trips trip one they did some cutesy stuff everyone got mad why don't you just run isaiah pacheco three times in a row trip two run isaiah pacheco three (laughs) times in a row didn't work that happens hey by the way the defense is like yeah we'll see you in the box yeah yeah okay fine we're all gonna hang out here there's a dude named aaron donald and plus again drops a penalty and an inexplicably bad pick. If you, if so, I mean, there's six points easily right there, at least. I mean, it just, it is what it is. That happens. So even with all that though, if you go back and rewatch, let me just tell you, as someone who for years as a Chiefs fan was eating something other than pizza, <laughs> because there were good moments, like Chris Jones sack was like, I am in a game where Aaron Donald's on the other side of the field and I'm going to show why I am one of one who can be mentioned in the same breath as that human right now, because I'm going to just, he he blew up that play. He really did almost take the ball from the quarterback. And that would have been the funniest thing I would have ever seen. But you get to see plays like that. You get to see Travis Kelsey put Jalen Ramsey in an absolute torture chamber in, in a route that had like eight different moves. You got to see those things. I actually right now am looking at a play. I was trying to find it and I finally did in the third quarter where Patrick Mahomes comes under pressure and he ducks out of the way of one guy. And then he's got another defender bearing down on his face and he just kind of leans around that guy and flicks the ball out with his wrist. And it's complete to Noah Gray for 10 yards and a first down, give or take. And because we're at where we're at with the Chiefs right now, everyone just shrugged. Like, oh, that was cool. And they moved on. Had, even during like the good Alex Smith years, had Alex done that, we would still be talking about it right now. Chiefs or pizza? Yeah, that was more boring than most Chiefs games, but you still got to see some cool stuff. Yeah, okay. You, you're, you're not a frozen pizza guy, but you and me both know you ate that entire DiGiorno when they put it in front of you. Yep. I mean, what's a, the line, uh, Allie? She tweeted out, um, um, Allie, now Martin, Allie Trost Martin. Um, Trost, but what yeah, up, close what enough. Dang it, Allie, sorry. I'm sure what she up, listens. She, she's not, she doesn't do any jobs, I don't think. I don't think she's busy. No, she has a lot of free time, but she mostly spends <laughs> listening to podcasts. Yeah, but like she once tweeted that um, every frozen pizza is a personal pizza, and it was the best take I've ever seen in my life. But that's, a, that's just to finalize the pizza talk, because it's true. <laughs> Pizza's good. You're, you're, Nate, you're, you remember 10 minutes ago when you asked how far into the show we were and I was yeah. like, uh, however far yeah. we were, and then it was yeah. 10 straight minutes of just Seth wanting to talk about different types of pizza? And I kind of want to ask some of his take on pizza rolls, to be honest. But hey, let's move on to Mike White, ladies and gentlemen. Holy smokes! Mike White! That was the Zoom going, ah, they got to hear Mike What? and they'll probably get the rest of the context. Mike, Mike. look, man. Mike. <laughs> White Mike, Mike White, out here slinging it. <laughs> all I heard was Mike White, Mike, Mike in the I heard rain. White Mike White, and then <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 man. Let me let me go through. <laughs> Hopefully, this will give like also perspective too, because you know we have to do it. Um, all you know we have to do it. Not necessarily all the time, but like it is a good thought process to have. Um. 
The Chiefs play the Bengals tomorrow. They scored 20 points, and you're going to hear the Bengals are one of the best teams all year. Why is this sound on? Um, <laughs> they play the ESPN. Bengals tomorrow? <laughs> Thanks, ESPN. for that. ESPN's a lovely, lovely website. Um, but look, the Bengals scored 20 points on the road against the Tennessee Titans. That is who the Chiefs play next. The Bengals are a team that is very much improving. I am super-duper interested about this game. Upcoming... They scored 20 points, okay? Um, I guess the Titans team. That also is very good on defense. Look, man. The Commanders played the Falcons. I don't need to say another word about that game. Um, We've been waiting on it. And sometimes it's about when you play a team in their own season. Right. Um, I watched the entire fourth quarter of Ravens Jaguars and guys it's a different Jags team than the one that played the Chiefs exactly because all of a sudden um when Chris Jones isn't breathing down your neck (laughs) you might be able to harness your superpowers in real time and there's like a true joy in some of the throws Trevor Lawrence makes in that comeback against the Ravens which by the way has like a real significance towards the Chiefs and the AFC standings um, because the Ravens, yet again, blowing a 10-point lead in in the fourth quarter. um, He made some gorgeous throws. And to Seth's point, we would be like, normal. (laughs) Because that's what you see every Sunday. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is still the MVP candidate, even though he did not have a game up to his standards. Um, The Saints didn't score! And the Eagles look kind of shaky, y'all. It was a weird week is all I'm trying to <laughs> is and all I'm sh- trying to say. And the Bills should have lost to the Lions. And not like I don't even want to like necessarily include the Thursday games because those are on their own time continuum because we we, we play these games on Thursdays and it's and it's and it's it's great, I guess. But like it's they not almost a had kneecaps for Thanksgiving, man. They were so yeah, close. Ugh. So close. Um and I do give Josh Allen credit because hey, um, similar to Patrick Mahomes, if you give him time, like he will he will dice you up down the field and put put his team in position to win. So I mean guys, Tom Brady lost to the Browns. Like it's it could be worse. It's hard to win football games in the NFL, and it's hard to win football games. It's hard to cover a 15-and-a-half-point spread. Like, that's that's hard to do. And so it is interesting because part of what I think you're getting at, I mean, it's just a, yeah, the, the Chiefs have some things they need to clean up. You could see that in the interviews afterward. But these things, I, I don't know. I actually, I mean, I the game was kind of dull in that there wasn't anything. I didn't learn anything about the Chiefs. That's right. That's, that's I, your I, bottle episode, right? Yeah, that's your bottle episode. You don't really learn anything about the characters. You kind of just let them uh, let them cook a little bit. And and I would I would say you know it was a little more further affirmed to me. Hey, Sky Moore is a useful receiver, and who shouldn't be returning punts. Yep. Like and but, people. Want, and, well, what I did learn, Seth, is that people do want Dave Toe fire. 
Like there's no forgiveness. <laughs> there's no loyalty. It's just business. Get up out my get get off my team. That's what I learned yesterday. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Let's let's do the special team. We, you guys already kind of gave the the gist of where you're out on the red zone thing, and that's also, I mean, to all, the point you're making. We didn't learn a whole lot yesterday, and it's also, I, I think, it's harder to find thing to find positive things to focus on in a game that is kind of dull. I think that's a pretty fair word, but you can focus on the negatives pretty easily because we're all kind of better at pointing out. I mean, like everyone collectively who talks about football is a little better at pointing out the bad things and the good things more often than not. So you get the red zone issues. And then you have the special teams, which obviously multiple phases, there were, there were bad moments for the Chiefs. But the Sky Moore thing is the, the obvious one. Um, Nate, I, I'm not sure how definitively Andy Reid called it today. I, I was expecting um, certainly there to be a, a little discussion there. But I, the actual terms he used made it sound like that experiment is probably over. I think it's got to be. Uh, but I, I also think the entire game that, that you guys just touched on from Sky Moore was fascinating. From the muff to him, two plays into the offensive drive immediately following that when the Chiefs got back out there, making mm-hmm. a great catch that didn't slow down at all. Like, his whole game was a lot of that. So, right. uh, I'm, I'm curious kind of what you saw from, from all together in, in an impactful game, both in a positive and in a negative sense for Sky Moore. Um, it's clear that he's learning from the coaches and the receivers about uh, how to operate in space. Obviously, the timing has improved with Mahomes. Um, one of the best things you can say about Sky Moore that has really translated to the league, um, and we talked about this when they drafted him, was just the fact that he had very good hands, which is so perplexing as to why he can't necessarily transfer that over to punt return. You see, you can't. You see, the thing is, 
you can't return the punt if you don't catch the punt. And I don't know if I can think of a receiver in the modern time I've covered the league who is both good at contested catches, um, who has really done well when Mahomes has sort of improvised, scrambled, did very well in the two-minute gotta-have-it drill against the Chargers. Um, but maybe the coaches at Western Michigan knew this and you guys didn't hmm. or didn't ask uh, or didn't get, like, practice film of this. Um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes we want to overcomplicate things versus simplifying it, but it's like, yeah, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't return punts in college. And that's a unique skill. Cause, cause, cause the coaching staff was like, we don't need you to return punts on, on kickoff. And that's just a simple, or, or we don't, we don't need you to return punts. We, we just don't, we need you, we need you to, um, we need you to beat that man in front of you and stay away from that safety over the top and catch the football. And he was really, really good at that in college. And he, has traits to be really, really good at it in in the NFL. Uh, I did put this tweet out before the game, Josh. Um, pre-game warm-up. No Kadarius Tony, of course. No McCall Hardman. Two guys worked on catching punts from the Jugs and from Tommy Townsend. That was Sky Moore and Justin Watson. Now, why on earth did they put Sky Moore out there? Guys, I don't have an answer. Because Justin Watson um, is a more veteran player who has actually more experience doing this and has done a more adequate job. Um, much of the season is about growth for all these rookies. Um, but yeah, Andy didn't necessarily say it after the game or today that that was Sky Moore's last punt return of the season. Um I think most people would understand why if he and Dave Toe came to that conclusion, regardless of how long Tony's out in the short term and obviously still having another couple games for for Michael Hartman on IR. Is there anything else to say on the specific, on the special teams front? Because I do want to spend some time on him as a receiver, because I think by both in the flow of how his day went and also what he actually did, I think that is so vastly more important to his career in Kansas City than the so thing we've fun. all spent the most time talking about, which is the three muff punts. Right. He's he's clearly bad at it. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would, mean, you know, hey, I okay. would be too. Yeah, you're you're bad at it. Fair enough. And their insistence on putting him in positions that I don't think necessarily accentuate his strengths has been weird to me. Yeah. Like the the little the little pop passes to him. That's weird to me that they do that. He doesn't have McCool Hardman's burst. He's he's perfectly fast, but he's not freakishly fast, right? He's fine, but that's just not his skill set. And so I I would just say in terms of the special teams thing, and this maybe helps us segue from one thing to another, catching punts is a particular skill set. takes a lot of time to learn. Um, It's also a very specific situation that if you get the yips, you know, that yeah, that might carry through, and that matters a lot. And I would finally just say, and maybe this again helps us segue to talking about him as a receiver. Yes. My concern is that they're you know you're going to take a young guy and absolutely destroy his confidence doing something that doesn't really move the needle. When every time, pretty much, he's been called upon 
doing the things that do move the needle, he's yep. done well. Yep. And to me, it speaks of some mental fortitude on his part that he came back and made a couple of really nice catches and did a pretty good job overall in the role he was drafted for. He is not a punt returner. You know who can return punts? Justin Watson. You know why? Because he catches them very strongly, has no interest in returning them unless there's like a wide open space in front of him. And then you know what he does? He runs forward for 10 yards, hangs onto the ball, and lets Patrick Mahomes come out there. He's Mike Hughes. I liked Mike Hughes returning punts. And the difference between like the best punt returners and an average punt returner, I was looking at this today from just some of the top guys, especially if you take out the only ones who have had really, really long returns, which is like three of them. The the difference we're talking about here is a couple of yards. I mean, it Mm -hmm. is, in a moment it could matter, but in the aggregate, it it just doesn't. And those those muffs obviously do, which everyone listening knows and has maybe pulled their hair out because of. So, you know... um, I can't remember what year it was, guys, but it might have been 18. Maybe it was it was 19. Um, maybe it was 18 because obviously we knew what the defense was um, from a statistical standpoint. Um, but I wrote basically, and it was like tug and cheek, but like had some some honesty to it. Was like they should they should never punt, just never never punt. Like you have the MVP, you have a great offense. Um, why would you punt the football? Dustin Colquitt can just chill and 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 work on being a holder. Um, at this point, based on how the DVOA are going to be calculated, because obviously we have tonight's game between the Steelers and the Colts. Um, at the two third part of the season, two thirds through the season, um, they have a below average special teams unit based on DVOA. Um, which is very un Dave Tobe like, and also they should never have another punt return this season. Right? Stop it! Stop! He's, like, just he stop. can clearly play receiver. Don't mess around with anything else. Stop it! Uh, the Chiefs entering Sunday's game, Seth, had the most touchdowns scored in the red zone. The Chiefs are not a team that just creates a huge amount of turnovers on defense, right? They are not the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> so it's not like you getting short fields all the time when not playing Bryce Perkins. The quarterback is so talented. The offense is so collectively built well. By the way, um, I think probably the biggest uh, – this sort of came to me, um, but I think probably the biggest thing we learned in the game from an offensive standpoint is that offensive line continues to get better as the season moves along, which is exactly what you want as you get ready to go in January. Um, because there were times where Aaron Donald was like, I'm going to pick you, Orlando Brown, and Orlando Brown was like, great. Um, and look, Nick, Nick Allegretti earned some money yesterday. So if, if you're if you're seeing all of this, in short, Trey Smith can have a mistake here or there, um, and you know what you're going to get from Andrew Wiley, and Creed Humphrey's awesome. <laughs> no more punt returns. Like, don't even put a guy back there. Just let the ball roll. If you need to go 90 yards, you have the quarterback and the offense to do it. 
Some teams are going to try to force that on you in mid-January if they're any good from a coaching staff standpoint. Um, they want to make you take long drives anyway because of clock and limiting possessions or condensing the, the amount of possessions you have. So, okay. But the point is you possess the football. I had, the to, I had to talk Jason. quarterback on the planet right now. I had to, with to walk healthy Jason off- back from the edge on this one. And I'm going to do yes. it for you also, Nate. Listen, it shouldn't be that hard to just find a professional football player who can catch a punt and then maybe take a couple steps or at least fair catch it. Because, look, I don't want Patrick Mahomes getting backed up against his own end zone every single time. I understand the feeling of, hey, just put, just run 11 at the punter and see if you get, well, you want a big play? Try creating with an extra rusher. I get it. I do. I feel your frustration, everybody. I understand it. But we would not be talking about the special teams at all in this context if it was just Justin Watson the whole time. Because he would catch every punt and every return <laughs> would be for a yard and a half and then yep. Patrick Mahomes would be out there. So it's just, if Sky Moore wasn't atrocious at that thing and if the Chiefs were not absolutely dead bleeping set on trying to make Sky Moore do that thing, we would have, the only special teams talk we would have we would have had this year would have been Harrison Butker and all the kicking stuff and then maybe you go, ah, Boy, they got him on that onside kick and then on this fake punt. Oh, my goodness. That's kind of annoying. But it wouldn't be like this crisis. And I feel like we have spent hours of our lives talking about the Chiefs punt return unit because there's just – just do it like anybody else does. Just be 30th well, instead of 32nd in terms of what you're giving up there. I don't know if that's actually a stat. I just imagine those right. – all those muff punts have to be – have to be putting the Chiefs in uh, pretty unenviable territory. Yeah, and, and you know, this one – Sunday against the Rams was the first one that was not inside the red zone or like the 10 yard line. Um, so that helps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I see your point moving forward. Uh, trying to think this at the highest level with your great insight and suggestion. It really should be Justin Watson for the rest of the year. Cause he has the experience. He has done well with it. And sure. Could you get a splash play from Kadarius Tony? I yeah, of course. Like I saw it in practice a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh my lord, he's good at this." Also, he got a hamstring issue. Um, so keep him on offense. Uh, McCall Hartman yes. has a McCall Hartman has an abdomen issue. Uh, he did tweet out today that he is lifting weights for the first time, so that's a very good sign. Uh, so he should be um back back when he comes off of IR. Now obviously, you know, you know how Andy does. Like he'll he'll ease him back into the system, uh, much like they did yesterday with Juju. But he don't need to be on punt return either. Cause pretty important to the offense. As I said earlier, he scores a lot of touchdowns, guys, for his skill set. Even though you might want him to be a more, I guess, complete dynamic receiver. Um but having Juju, Sky Moore, MVS, Tony, and McCole Hartman, just having all five of those guys ready on the offense and also having Justin Watson to come in to 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 be, you know, sort of that utility guy who can run a, a lot of different routes, who obviously understands the offense, who has Mahomes' trust, and can also catch a punt. Like, that should probably be the plan moving forward. If we're really thinking about this, not just for Sunday's game against Cincinnati, but long term as you're trying to put everybody in their best roles for for the postseason run. 
At Seth, uh, since we're here on the offense talking about the pass catchers and everything, eight receivers caught multiple passes. Ronald Jones and Isaiah Pacheco each caught one, um, which I'm not going to look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's both of their first career receptions. Uh, that's not true. It's definitely not. But it kind of feels that way because of how the Chiefs <laughs> use their running backs. Um, it was Ronald Jones's first catch as a Chief because it was Ronald Jones's first everything as a Chief against the Rams. Um, and then now Melvin Gordon's here. On the practice squad, which I think you mentioned appropriately at the beginning yes, of the show. I just, yeah. look, I'm going to turn right. on push notifications for his Twitter account and, and hope everything's dandy. Because I I liked watching Ronald Jones. Um, but but this offense altogether, you get, we, we talked about Sky Moore, led the team in receptions with five. You get one of the quintessential Travis Kelsey plays, both putting uh, Jalen Ramsey in the spin cycle and then everything after the catch. That was perfect, vintage, whatever, Travis Kelsey. But then outside of that, you you had really, I would say, a couple of drops from MVS. One of them didn't count because of the penalty oh. against him on the play. Made it harder. Uh, Juju gets a pretty limited workload. Andy Reid, after the game, said he should have worked him in more early. He made most of his impact in the second half. And then it was a couple catches for Justin Watson, a couple for Jody Fortson, a few for Jarek McKinnon, a couple for Noah Gray. Should have had a touchdown as well. I already talked about that. But when you uh, when you were watching the, the offensive performance altogether, 10 guys catching passes, Eight of them catching multiple without Hardman and Tony, as, as Nate just described. So what, what were you seeing from, from Mahomes and, and from the offense working all together? Let's say specifically not including the red zone for, for this conversation. They moved the ball really well. That was one thing that kind of drove me nuts when they were um, they were doing some kind of you know game summary type thing, I think, early in the fourth quarter. And I think it was after one of the red zone quote-unquote stops, which I, I get – what you're saying, you know what I mean? Like when you call it a stop, because they, they were stopped. Did you do it if they just dropped a pass that was a first down? Or, you know what I mean? Or if, if yeah. Mahomes just kind of loses his mind for a couple seconds? They were red zone stops because the Chiefs stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the Chiefs, yeah, they should have been credited for that. But they yeah. were like talking about, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to this defense day. And it was showing like the Chiefs were averaging like seven and a half yards per play or like eight yards per play. They were moving the ball really well. They were spreading the ball around. It would have been nice to see Juju get more involved earlier, but they didn't really need to. He's coming back from a concussion. Um, the back shoulder throw to him was just a thing of beauty. I just love, I love that they're doing that because he is great at back shoulder catches. He really Mahomes, is. And Mahomes is great at throwing them. And so it, it's a cool thing. Now, obviously, the danger of the back shoulder is if the corner anticipates it, you you got a potential pick six. But it's hard to anticipate those because what are you going to do? Just let them run down the field and hope they don't throw it over your head on a nine route? That's hard to do. So it was cool to see. It was cool to see the ball spread around. It was cool to see Fortson and Gray get involved. Um, Pacheco, multiple weeks in a row now, has looked like the dude. Like, with running back, we all know there's not a lot that moves the needle. It's about the blocking. But you can see a difference between Pacheco and Jerick McKinnon running. You can see a difference in the play result. And part of that is McKinnon, he's just a smaller dude. You know, he he hits guys and generally his progress is done. Pacheco delivers a few more blows. He, he gets he, He's just a little faster, that kind of thing. So it, those, those are all good things. It was just the red zone stuff. The Chiefs were three red zone plays away from us saying, man, that was a really dominant 40 to 10 win. And that's how it goes. And, and, and so I'm not too freaked out by it. They do need to tighten it up because we saw this last year. The, the article I wrote after the Chiefs lost to the Bengals in the AFC Championship game was it was self-inflicted the finale. At the end of the day, the Chiefs are who we thought they were. 
and who they were all year last year was a team that when they were getting out of their own way was borderline unstoppable. And maybe actually unstoppable and leave out the borderline. But getting in your own way is still, like you said, Josh, it's still a stop. So if I were worried about any one thing, it would be that. But overall, the offense looked good against a completely overmatched defense. And that's kind of what you want to see. Guys rounding in, the rookies continuing to play well. There was a lot to like about the game. It was just kind of boring. (laughs) Um, For those folks who are wondering, hey, Nate, really haven't, you you guys, you guys really haven't talked about the Chiefs defense. That's a Thursday show, kids, because Chase, Jamar Chase is going to be back. Mm -hmm. Um, So, hey, Nick Bolton, as Andy Reid said, believes he's an all-pro. I'd have to do some really digging through it, you know, uh, to see if that's true or not. But at least he's in, the, I guess, the conversation. Um, Legereus Need is awesome. Uh, obviously, you wrote about him, Seth. I don't know if you want to um, add anything here. Uh, Chris Jones, 10 sacks. And, uh, you know, I think the best thing is that the Chiefs are – pass rushing as a as a group not just like individuals just happen to be lined up together um willie gays get better in the run game that's cool mm-hmm. uh brian cook did you even notice him yeah i thought that was interesting because it, it, it look it was a good it was a good time for one thornhill to miss a game against a quarterback that uh was not asked to throw downfield very much yeah you're gonna need him back next week dog but yeah that will that yeah, will dog. definitely yeah we gonna need yeah yeah how that how that calf feeling yeah hopefully whatever <laughs> hopefully calf feeling. should be feeling like yeah <laughs> well calves are, are tricky to come back from because um yeah sometimes they feel good and then and then you Try to move suddenly or change direction, and that cast like, "Hey, where 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 are you going? Where do you want to go?" Um, so obviously, we'll keep you informed on that throughout the practice week. Um, man, you really called it a boring game, Seth. And we, yet we all watched it live. <laughs> yeah. It it didn't have a lot of juice to it. Is is just sort of it, it it was maybe kind of a, a bit of a going through the motions game on, on some level, but not not with the negative connotation that usually comes with that. Um, and specifically, on the, I did want to spend at least a little time on the defense and, and certainly on Sneed specifically, because yes, Seth's already written about Sneed up in the Chief of the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Um, because look, it, the, the assignment was not as difficult as it would have been if they were, um, you know, playing the Rams in the Super Bowl in February. But Whatever the assignment was, giving up 10 points to it feels pretty good to me as a unit altogether. The individual performances, I imagine you could take something from. And Seth, you did just exactly that, specifically for Legereus Sneed and, and how much of a weapon he really is for this defense. Yeah, his uh, his his skill set is unique. Um, uh, most players at the NFL level, you can't be good at everything. And so guys are very... Um, they're, they're put into sections, right? People do certain things because it's hard to do things at a high enough level to be effective in the NFL. It's hard, incredibly hard to be a good cover corner. It's hard to be a really good tackling corner. It's hard to be a really good press corner. It's hard to be a really good zone corner. It's hard to do all sorts of these things, right? It's hard to be a box safety, hard to be a free safety. I could go on, but I probably shouldn't because I've really driven this point home. <laughs> Some guys, though, 
and Legere Sneed is one of them, have enough of a diverse skill set that they actually, in addition to adding to the team in one way that you can add to the team in multiple ways and they allow the team to do things a little bit differently. That's a different type of addition than being elite at something. Like, you know, Legere Sneed isn't an elite cover corner, but he's solid at it, both in man and zone. And he also is a really good, really good physical tackling corner. And that allows a defense to play differently. That's So Steve Spagnuolo has liked to blitz guys from the slot for a long time. But Legereus Sneed is awesome at it. And that matters. It matters that he is he's a smart blitzer. He knows when to break down a little and get ready to swat the ball rather than to just sprint in their head first. Right? right, it's like a, it's right. like a runner seeing the blocks develop as opposed to just charging ahead into the back of the line, and his ability against the run, and at the line of scrimmage allows the Chiefs to stay in nickel at times against heavier formations, and bring him in as almost like a hybrid linebacker, which is something you usually only see from safeties, but he can do it, and it's really cool to watch. It's really cool to see how multiple he is. Um, Kind of similar to how Kendall Fuller was really multiple with the Chiefs defense, but with a different skill set. Right. Because right. um, Jerry Sneed, he's, he's a terrific athlete. He's not an elite athlete, but he's a really good one. Uh, it, but he plays so physically and tackles so well. And a lot of what NFL teams try to do in the run game and in the short passing game is they're trying to force one-on-ones against corners that force them to tackle. Because a lot of corners can't do it. Like and they could at the college level, but now you're you know you're trying to tackle Derrick Henry. It's like yeah, come I was gonna on. say like how how does the want to category go? <laughs> yep, and that's the the want to matters there. And and like you can just take a look at a guy like like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who isn't incredible at breaking tackles. He gets kind of stopped in his track at, at times against like defensive linemen, but we've seen him humiliate corners multiple times because they're just smaller. They're smaller dudes. And so, so much of what NFL teams are trying to do at times, just like at every other level of football, can you protect that edge? Can your corner tackle our runner one-on-one in space? We don't think he can. And Legereus Sneed does basically every time. And it's kind of a low key. It's something I was going to write about last year. I just never got around to it. Charvarius Ward, good tackler. Yes. Uh, And that's where you're seeing Josh Williams, How many times this year already in his rookie year, and it's probably only like a half dozen times, but that's a lot. Have you watched him make a tackle setting the edge? Now, not setting the edge, like taking on the right tackle, but being the last guy, he's one-on-one at the edge. And rather than just kind of laying back and grabbing on and, and, you know, drag being dragged for five yards, making a tackle and opens a game gain of one. That's what Legereus Sneed does. And because of that, they can line him up all over the field. They can ask him to do certain things that you can't ask a lot of corners to do. And, and this is where it's important with the multiplicity, he also can do the other things corners can do. So it's not like you're giving anything away by having him in the slot or on the boundary. And so it's really cool. It's one of the things that makes him such a valuable chess piece for the Chiefs defense. And in doing so, he's taking over some, not all, of how they use Tyron Matthew at his peak where you could move him all over. He can't move to quite as many places, but he's, he's he's getting there, and it's fun to watch. Do you want me to ask the really annoying question that none of us really want to be talking about right now? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> Your salesmanship needs work, man. That's true. 
Um, so you gonna be here for a while? Because this this off season coming up would be the would be the time to extend him. He has certainly played himself into a lot of money, and for everything you just laid out there, even for a a team that has not historically wanted to pay cornerbacks, it, it seems to me like the Chiefs view him as a very unique one for all of the things that he can do with that skill set. But I also really, I could not say that much of anything would really surprise me for how the Chiefs view their future with him and how they view, I guess, the replaceability of it. Because again, he seems very unique to me as a player, but I, I'm I'm sure there have been other guys that I've said that about that the Chiefs have clearly disagreed on. Um, well, everything... Josh starts with with what you're gonna do with Chris Jones. So let's let's just start. So sorry, there. good point. So Seth, after the Chiefs cra- uh, trade Chris Jones this offseason, do you think God. they're gonna? Re- <laughs> People um, don't want to hear me on this show if that happens. So uh, no, I I mean I I also I don't want that to happen, and I don't, don't want to know. I don't, what I don't think Chris wants that, that to happen. No, I, you know I, I you know Chris has been very uh, very clear with me. Um. That his intentions are to continue to play for the Chiefs after this season. Um, Sorry, you're, say, you're saying this is exclusive reporting here on Time Zone. Yes, that, that yes, Chris yes, Jones yes, would rather yes. play for the Chiefs than, like, the Panthers? Sure. Me too. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, so you guys start with Chris Jones. And then, yes, based on people coming up, um, it might be an either-or situation. Like, this is just the reality of, of the business and... What you want to do with Cap and sort of trying to project things out, but it might be an either or between Juan Thornhill and Legarius Need. Um, you also have to consider Willie Gay, uh, Nick Bolton, um, and obviously this is like projecting years out. Uh, and like you know, what is the core of the defense? Right. From a uh, contractual standpoint and cap allocation, um. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a fascinating thought process. Uh, I think the Chiefs at this point would be very clear to say that they want to retain Legereus Need. Um, you know, I think Juan Thornhill has shown. Um, it's tough because I haven't gone back. Uh, I guess it's not super important right now, but I've not gone back to watch like Juan Thornhill in early December of like 2019 when he had like played all those games as a rookie and had started to like really show his range and his um, ability to like be a difference maker in the secondary before his ACL injury. Um, Juan Thornhill has been fine this season. Like, mm-hmm. um, and when I mean fine, I mean like good. <laughs> so like, I don't want, I don't want that to be like disparaging or anything. Um, but you know, it helps of course that, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, and Trick McDuffie are all rookies, mm. all playing well, all on their rookie contract. So there is a slim chance that maybe you can retain both Sneed and Thornhill. Again, this is sort of, I mean, I'm doing this on November 28, guys. Like, I'm projecting out as best I can. Um, but I do want to provide that level of, like, thought process to, like, a really, like, super-duper interesting question as to, like, Steve Spagnolo, um, and this is where like the scouts and the coaching staff really matter for a general manager like Brett Beach and a head coach like Andy Reid. Like, okay, like there was a vision here, and he's much better than like we anticipated 
based on our vision of what he was coming into the draft. And like, yeah, he's a really valuable piece and he lets them be multiple in a way that not every defense can do, which is what Seth mentioned earlier. So there is value in trying to retain that as he's only going to get better. Um, the more he's in the system playing in his prime years, which is usually like your second NFL contract. So it all, it's all there. Uh, I'm just sort of walking you through each step and I hope, you know, people appreciate that, but you also have to consider, well, who is the safety next to Justin Reed? If it's not Juan Thornhill is Brian cook ready, capable to do that. Uh, Or is his role, you know, to be that third safety, that, that hybrid player, um, and his progression may be more traditional than like, hey, you're 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 a full time starter in year two. Um, all this is to say is that the Chiefs, I think, do want to retain Legereus Need, but again, it all comes down to how you, how you, how you gonna handle Chris Jones' contract. Well, we'll have plenty to talk about this offseason. I hate to, to try to skip to all of that while the games are still actually happening, but I, I saw that as a, a frequent question in the uh, the comments there in Seth's piece, and, and it's been a topic conversation uh, around Sneed for a little bit now, so uh, something to keep in mind as we, uh, as we go forward. I'll mention again here that The Athletic has an incredible deal going on right now, that if you are listening to this like right after the show comes out, you still have some time to get in on The Athletic's deal of the year. Uh, you can just go to theathletic.com slash timesars, and whatever the best deal is at the time, um, in my experience, I check that link every once in a while to make sure that it's all still working. But theathletic.com slash timesars will take you to the deal that you can get there, um, whatever the deal is. Right now, there is a great one going on. Uh, through the rest of Cyber Monday, if you will. Plus, of course, uh, deal ongoing at the Chief in the North newsletter as well. Limited time to act on both of those. And by golly, if you're listening to this show and you haven't subscribed to both the newsletter and The Athletic, I genuinely don't know what you're doing. Uh, but, you know, no better time to uh, to fix that than right this second. So mnchiefsfan.substack.com or theathletic.com slash timesars, depending on what you need to add to your Rolodex. I, that's everything that I got on this weird, if not, you know, sort of stale, perhaps, game with individual performances that hopefully we, we were able to shed some light on. We'll be back later in the week as well to do a lot of looking ahead to the Bengals and to figure out uh, if if anything else kind of funky is happening around this team. As uh, as we mentioned, Juan Thornhill, Joe Tooney, Kadarius Tony all missed this game against the Rams. Who's going to be back and what's it going to look like against Cincy? And will Jamar Chase be back? Yes, he will. Of course, he, yes. will. he knew he yeah. was going to be. Yeah. He knew that the second yeah. he got hurt. Of course, he's going to play. How could he not? I Anyway. I, I have an interesting, I, I know Nate's going to take us home. But, uh, you know, <laughs> far be it for me to promote another podcast on here. But I just learned while I was scrolling through Twitter. That Patrick Mahomes is indeed a guest on the Kelsey Brothers show this week. I appreciate you at least waiting until the very last minute of this show because it's because people can't can't close it now and hurt our feelings. Yeah, like we we already got we already yeah, got yeah, you're all here. the good stuff. Stick for the last minute. Like you're fine. Yeah. I told you the information. Um, because there now here's here's my my one. My, I have a theory on this. If there's anyone. After listening to their podcast, they do a good job with it. If there's anyone who can get Patrick Mahomes to break free from robotic perfection in what he publicly says, wouldn't it be Jason and Travis Kelsey? Yeah, I think it would be. Or Jake, so- from, Jake from State Farm. Those three. Yeah, or Jake from State or Farm. Or Jake from State Farm. If they put Farm. Jake on there, 
then it's over. That, that's just, it's just something interesting to me. Like, yeah, maybe he'll say something that you wouldn't expect him to say. Because otherwise, I mean, we've talked about this before. Everything Patrick Mahomes does is perfect, and it's just how it does. He's probably a better dad than me already. I, you know, I accept this. But it would be fun to hear him say something where I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if he should have said that. Even I would enjoy would that personally. a couple times, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. There are your links. You can follow us on Twitter. You already know about all of that. Here's uh, Nate's outro for the show, which I assume is going to be a story about how he was crossing the street and ran into Eric Stone Street <laughs> and then Jason Kelsey. Go ahead, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to uh, the uh, Kobe. Kobe. Uh, what's funny, and, and this was uh, sent to us on Twitter. Uh, Kobe was like, "Hey, you know, just a, a, a times ours meeting, unlike any other." Uh, where Jason Sudeikis, uh, who, who, yes, I, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I did see him at the game. Uh, his family. Um, by the way, he was at the Plaza Lightings too, uh, hanging out with Keanu Seek and, and, and Bob Kendrick. So hey, um, you know what? What a fun weekend! But yeah, I saw the photo being taken. That was the hilarious part. Was that hey, <laughs> you knew it was coming? That's, that's Rick Burkholder <laughs> and Jason Sudeikis. And yeah, and yeah, photos being photos. Of course, a photo's gonna be taken. They had a they had a they, they seem to have. I obviously I wasn't like included. It was very much an A and B conversation, but they seem to have a really um, cool chat. There, I think they've known each other for a while now. Um, but yeah, it's like, hey, there's less guys in the locker room. Things are kind of you know quieting down. <sighs> what in the world am I going to write? But hey, look at this photo that they <laughs> look at these look at these two chats. Uh, a couple chats cutting it up. Uh, so yeah, that was that was great and um. Yeah, man, I guess <sighs> the season's gonna get better, right? 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 Like, the television show, the football season, it's it's gonna get better. This, this, we just, we just, we just gonna stay with it. <sighs> um, if you got through this episode, God bless you, because, because <laughs> you didn't have to do this after, after watching that game yesterday, but we contractually did have to do this so we served, we, served we, him a frozen we, pizza we we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't thank you more uh hey can you guys, you guys wrap up I, I just started listening to the kelsey brothers podcast and it sounds like it's <laughs> oh, about to get really good come on see you guys thursday when we talk about a game that has quite quite more at, at Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.